Something new is supported by listeners like you. Visit joelbnew.com and help this podcast continue to grow, thrive, and be a part of the creative conversation. Hello, dear listeners, and hey, social media, this is Joel B. New, bringing you another episode of my podcast, Something New, and my first Cabot Cove Kickstarter EP vlog that I've done in about two weeks. Oh my gosh, where's the time gone? Um, So that's why you're seeing me multitask right now. I'm recording the uh, opening monologue for Season 4, Episode 8 of Something New, and I'm vlogging to you at the exact same time. It's crazy. Um, But let's just get right down to it, shall we? Um, Oh my gosh. So since the last podcast episode came out, um, a whopping 56 additional backers got us to our goal, and then some, which is amazing. Like, I can't explain. Um, I I probably could, but I'm, I'm... I, I don't feel like I need to other than just saying thank you. 56 more people. Um, if you want to hear your name, um, your name shout out in um, with a dance track to it, then you need to go, if you're on Facebook right now, then go to iTunes and download episode 408. And at the, uh, the break, you'll hear me do that. So if you're one of the final 56 people who backed the Cabot Cove EP, then that's where you're going to hear your name um, shouted out. Uh, let's see what else is going on. I've had a couple of meetings about the the EP. Uh, the first meeting I took was with my producer, Lorenzo Wolf, uh, and his studio, Restoration Sound, is where we're actually going to track the whole thing. And that was a very productive meeting, very exciting. Um, I had a meeting... I'm looking at my notes, by the way. I had a meeting with Scott Wasserman, who is the album's orchestrator, and he played me a version of The Corpse Danced at Midnight, which is officially going to be the first track and, like, the the hit single off of the album. And it sounds so good, you guys. I can't even. Like, this... I'm, I'm not putting myself down when I say, like, this album is going to sound so much cooler than I am. Um, it's going to be awesome. Um, so So get ready. Get ready. Um, let's see. And then I have a meeting this week with my friend Justin, who is, um, hopefully doing the artwork for the album. We, we've talked a couple of, we've crunched a couple of numbers, but, um, who knows if the numbers I'm crunching and what I have in mind are in line. Uh, we will find out either way. Justin is awesome. And, um, I hope that works. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, let's see what else is going on. So, um, in less than a week, on Sunday, April 24th, uh, we will be having a sneak peek concert um, in tandem with like the midpoint of season four of my podcast, where it's uh, where I'm going to be singing some highlights from the Cabot Cove album, but I'm also being joined on stage with three awesome singer-songwriters, and their names are uh, David Allen Thornton, Kate Steinberg, also known as Emily Prime, that's her artist's name, and Jennifer Sanchez. If those names sound familiar to you, other than you just are in the know, um, they've all been interviewed on my podcast at some point or other. So I thought that was a really nice tie-in with getting excited about my own album and being just as excited about these three artists who have been on my show and have been such um, supporters of mine, and I'm a supporter of theirs. And so this is the first time that I'm like producing 
a full concert that's not just about what I'm doing. Isn't that crazy? Um, I know. And it's the one train. So whenever you hear the one train, take a drink of coffee. Bam. So, um, so those of you who are listening on my podcast, um, this is a clip show. And what is a clip show? Well, if you watch Golden Girls, you know. If you don't, I, I don't know why you're watching and listening to this show. But um, <laughs> a clip show, boys and girls, is when um, the artists are on vacation or too tired or need a vacation. And so they whip up an episode of clips from past episodes uh, just to fill the time. So I decided to do one better, um, and that was to bring back clips of the episodes from um, from when I interviewed David Allen Thornton, Kate Steinberg, and Jennifer Sanchez, uh, to get us all excited and jazzed about this concert that I'm producing of all of our work. So if you haven't listened to these then this will be a great time for you to get familiar with these artists and their processes. And if you've listened to them before, they're still really good. Um, yeah, let's see what else is happening. Oh, and because I am somewhat of an overachiever, there is still a brand new song in this episode. It has nothing to do with Cabot Cove. It has nothing to do with the concert. Um, instead, I just needed to write something. And um, as fate would have it my friend carver duncan was like hey if you ever want me to sing something let me know and i was like great i need to write something for my podcast what do you got and he requested a contemporary legit tenor song and i was like okay bring it on and i was looking at my projects and decided that um it was time to set another poem i haven't done that in a while and it feels good it's nice so um so i chose uh the poem snowflakes by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, who was a 19th century poet. I chose Snowflakes other than it's a beautiful poem, it's a short poem, and... (laughs) What was the other reason? Oh, because the weather has been so bipolar in New York that I thought it'd be funny to write a song about snowflakes as we're trying to get spring here. So as you can see, it's, it's a beautiful spring day, so... Uh, mission accomplished. The song has banished the winter away by singing about snowflakes. One train. Take a drink. It's coffee, I promise. Whew. Well, that's about it. Um, then I'm going to, without further ado, I'm going to get you guys over to the clips of these three interviews from seasons past. And then remember, if you're listening to the podcast or if you're going to go over and listen to the podcast now at the around the midpoint of the episode that's when i'm going to be shouting out to the final 56 backers of the project so there you are and then listen to snowflakes and if you like snowflakes it will be available on soundcloud for free download until the next episode comes out and yeah all that good stuff so that's it. I don't know why I'm stalling. So so this is it. Enjoy episode 408. And I look forward to vlogging with you all on a more consistent basis as, as soon as I have more updates, you know? Um, so yeah, everyone, I hope you're enjoying your Sunday or your Monday or whenever you're listening to this. It's really good to see you all and to speak to you all. Um, from my apartment in Inwood, this is Joel B. New saying thank you for dropping by for something new.
from season one, Jennifer Sanchez. <laughs> uh, Jennifer and I know each other way back from the days at Oklahoma City University, yep. which we are both grads. Yes. Of. Woo! Um, we had the same voice teacher and everything, and you know. We... Larry, we love you. Larry, we, we love you, Mr. Keller. <laughs> and she has been a champion of my music ever since. Yes. Thanks to Nymph's next Broadway sensation, she became the first woman to sing "Say Hello" from my song cycle, um, uh, the, the female version, which yes. is now the preferred gender for the song when the song cycle does its thing yes. out in the world. So, and and last but not least, I welcome, I formally welcome Jennifer Sanchez. Thank you. Thank Fun. you. Clap chat, clap chat, clap chat. <laughs> Seriously, thank you for doing this. Of and course. You know, being you. Thank you for having me. I love that song. I'm so glad I got to sing it. Thank you. I'm I'm glad you did too. Whew. What a relief. This would be awkward. If you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so well, all right. No, I sang that other song. I, what yeah, other song yeah. was that? That was, was that? that was hanging by a thread. Yes. Which I, is also from this piece. Yes, it was from the same. Yeah. Same uh, piece, and that was an amazing song too. Thank you. So I can't t wait till we get to do it. And like for real. It. Yeah. Yeah. Lights, costumes. The whole shebang. Yeah. Everything. It'll happen soon. Yep. I have a feeling. Yep. Um, all right. Obligatory questions first. Um, okay. So, so you're currently in Spider-Man: Turn Off the Dark. Yes. And so, like you know, in my Playbill.com stocking, oh gosh, it said that you're um, that, that like you're an understudy and a swing, mm -hmm. or is that the, is that synonymous? You know what? Or I don't. I I mean, I educate me. I educate am listeners. off stage, so that's why I'm a swing. Okay. That's why it's called a swing, because I'm not on stage. I'm not in the ensemble every night. I'm not, like, doing any of those tracks. Oh, gotcha. So I'm off stage, and should I any of those three tracks call out or take a personal day or take a vacation, that's what I'm there for. Gotcha. So it's very nice, because it's very specific. Even though they're all, it's, you know, yeah. three's still a lot for me. Like, for me, that's it's a, a lot. But it's very, very doable. How often, how often do you get to go on? I've been on for Aunt May three times, and I was just on for Emily. And I've only been with the show, like, you know, a month. So I've already been on for two of the tracks. And That's I've really had a full put-in for Arachne, which is awesome because of all the flying. I love flying. It makes me want to learn how to really fly because it's so amazing. It's, it's really cool. I saw a preview yes. of the piece back in the day, and, it, yeah. you know, just Arachne was kind of... Yeah. The, the one to be, yeah. The <laughs> yeah, and you know they're all really different parts, so it's, yeah. it's a, it's like great act, acting challenge. Do you find it exciting? You know what? <laughs> I was a little, was ner I'm serious. I was nervous about doing it because I'd never done it, and I wasn't sure my brain could hold in all the information. I have all these like well placed note cards when I go on, like I stick like the hard scenes in my bra so that when I come off, I can like glance at some of the notes or where to run for the quick change, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, what I am enjoying. If I'm completely honest, is not being on stage eight shows a week. Right. You know, it's like a little bit of downtime, and I'm really appreciating it and enjoying it. Good. And I get to hear the show, and I get to be around the energy of all the cast, and I get to have this great job. But you know, and I have to—you have to be like ready to go on. But when you're not on, you can kind of go, "Oh, okay, I'll go watch this scene, and you know, brush up on that, and then I will." You know. I'm sure watching it feels like a rehearsal sometimes. Yeah, you, yeah. That's kind of how yeah. But I get so you. distracted. I'm like, oh my gosh, I never saw that before, and then I completely miss it. <laughs> I was supposed to be watching, and I'm like, 
right. there's a lot yeah. to see in that show. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I couldn't help but notice that there were a lot of photos on your website uh, of you carrying a guitar. Oh, uh, maybe. And, and I didn't know too much about your guitar playing skills. I mean, and you clearly have them so much, in fact, that you just recently finished the Johnny Mercer project, right? Yes, yes. And what was that like as... That was... Yeah. Best, I call it the best week of my life to date. Because I'm, you know, opening, opening myself up yeah, to no, other great weeks. You've got time. I would like to have other great weeks <laughs> in my life. But, you will. Um, you know what I real? Why? I was like, why was it so great? Why, 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 why? Well, because, first of all, like, internet and cell service was really spotty. So you didn't even really have that much of an opportunity to get distracted by all this other stuff. Didn't so have nice. a TV in my room. Didn't have... You know, my like my, my agents knew I was booked out. So, you know, I knew I couldn't get called in for work. I knew... Do you know what I'm saying? Everyone yep. knows you're out of town and unavailable. Yep. So you go to this campus where you're surrounded by trees and nature. You have, like... And then all you do is write music all day. And then go meet up with all these other writers and listen to their music. And then talk about it. And talk about writing. And talk about music. And talk about life. You know, whatever. And you go back and eat. And then you come back. And that's what you do. And you... And then at the end, it culminates in, like, this concert, and you help each other by doing vocals, or, you know, like, people did backup vocals for me, or I did vocals for, um, you know, this other songwriting team, and some, like, we had this great guitar, amazing guitarist there who played on a lot of people's stuff, so you all help each other on stuff you've just written that's, yeah. like, maybe 24, yeah. 48 hours old, and I you love put it. together I this, love like, it. concert where everyone feels kind of crazy, but it was so wonderful, and I'm so grateful to have experienced it, and the master teachers were incredible. And, uh, yeah. So how long have you been songwriting? Well, I wrote my first, first song in fourth grade. Baby, I miss you. I love you so much. Baby, I miss you. You've got that special touch. Who was I missing, Joel? Who was I missing? I don't know who I was missing. Anyway, <laughs> I think it was my like, first real song, yeah. which I wrote like with chords on piano in like sixth grade. I think I've always wanted to write. I just didn't real. I didn't know how to do it or what yeah, I was doing yeah. or what. But now you've got this guitar. Yes. Well, and yeah. you're working on your first album. Yes. Which you said like nine tracks and, yes, and nine, then some. And then and maybe like a bonus track. It's like nine or ten I tracks. I love me a bonus track. Love the bonus track. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm planning on recording uh, and posting to YouTube this month uh, a Thanksgiving song for the season. <gasps> love it. Entitled, thank you, appropriately. Perfect. Entitled. Perfect. Yeah. So we'll hope to get that up and get a YouTube channel running and start. Nice. You know, getting some. Some, some attention or attention or you know yeah. like you said if I have to record it in my bathroom I'm totally up for it like if, yeah. if that ends up happening I'm totally down do it Just people to make, have done it make 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 music yeah know, make it happen. get it out there get it out yeah, there yeah yeah do you have any advice for aspiring performers uh, especially those who who are balancing more than one thing I mean you know you you are a proud mother yes. of a twelve year old boy <laughs> yeah. And I can only imagine that that takes up some time or brain energy, yes. things like that. It takes up a lot of energy. So how do you, how do you do it all? I guess that's um, a good question. You don't. And if you think that you are, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you can't ever do it all. I mean, you, you know, you make the things that like, put the things that you have to do up there you know and you hope to get to the rest but what you do is I think for aspiring performers is um, take a class you 
do what you need to do to stay inspired and to stay, um, you know, you, you don't, you don't give up. If you, you know, you just keep at it. Keep at it and believe in your dreams, believe in yourself. This sounds so, it's all no, so no, cliche. And sing and for your composer so, friends. So, yes, yes. Throw sing that for in your, there. Sing for your composer <laughs> friends, because then you get to work the muscle. No, but it is true. It's true. You'll, you'll, we all keep you'll each other awake, these, and we yeah. keep each other inspired. And, and you'll get all these new opportunities, and you'll find something in you, or in the music, or, you know. Hopefully both. Both. That can lead you to new things, new friendships, new mm -hmm. collaborations. It's all about collaboration. Yeah. Well, this was this was lovely. It was wonderful. And thank you for your music. Well, thank you. And I'm you. so proud and privileged to sing it. You. And to well, hear it and be a part of it, and I would love to do more. And you will. Yeah, I mean, you know, five years at a time, Joel. Five. Years. <laughs> no. We'll sing another song in five years. Yes, yes. <laughs> From season one, David Allen Thornton. In fact, my first guitar was given to me when I graduated high school. No it was way. given to me by my aunts and uncles and cousins and parents that kind of all pooled together to buy me a guitar, wow. and it's the guitar I still have and perform with. Just really I love sweet. that. I love right, that. it was that's a gr beautiful was, ending of a lifetime. It was movie. at it was at my high school, my graduation open house, and I still remember seeing my cousin trying to hide it as they walked up the driveway. I was like, ah, I'm getting a guitar, um, which is kind of interesting because I I kind of played it in college. I was in the college worship band and different things like that, and uh, but now it's the thing I write and play on primarily. Is it always your voice when you're when you're writing songs? Do you find that it's that it's always or often your voice that you write for first? Absolutely. Yeah. Because when I'm writing, I'm singing. I never sit down to a piano or a guitar and write the notes intellectually. I'm just not that smart. I I write the song based on how it just comes out. Yeah. And so in some ways the songs write themselves. I know that's a cop out answer. But um so it's it's always in my voice to begin and always for my voice to begin because I'm the one who has to sing. Yep. Um, however, as my voice has gotten stronger and developed, I've begun to sing and write for different parts of my voice, which has allowed different characters and different um, ranges to come through. Uh, I wrote one song called Superhero, which is definitely a tenor. It goes up to a B. And I could never perform it, but because I was writing it and writing it just in my voice and not on the paper, I didn't know it was a B. And <laughs> it came out, and now I can't sing it. But Damn it. Right. Before I knew what the note was, it was so easy. Um, yeah. I find that I write really well for the voices of women, because as a baritone, my voice just translates an octave higher, and it's the perfect mezzo range. That's awesome. Um, some of my favorite collaborators, Lauren Marcus, mm -hmm. for one, who if you don't know of Lauren... Lauren Marcus is, you need to look her up. Um, she and I have the exact same range when octave apart. That's so so she knows if she writes anything, I can sing it. And I know if I write anything, she can sing it. And we have performed so many times together, just trading parts and harmonizing each other's songs and suggesting parts because we just know. I love that. Yeah, it's really fun. So is she one of your primary, like, quote-unquote collaborators? Um, she is a collaborator in that we have performed several times together mm -hmm. 
if I have to have a female vocalist or someone on stage with me, she's one of the first people I call. She's an incredible performer, um, great actress, and uh, very, very smart. Yeah, she is. Quick learn, and so expressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are there, is there anyone else that you work with? Do you co-write with anyone? Do you ever, or...? Oh, um, collaboration in the co-writing sense was brand new to me when I moved to New York for the, um, the Lehman Angle workshop at BMI. That was a brand new experience, and um, I ended up writing a lot with Rob Del Gaudio, um, wonderful composer, um, great friend. He's turned into one of my best friends here in the city. He and I haven't written anything since the workshop, but we have a lot of gems that remain from our time together that we pull out of the closet nice. and uh, use. Um, recently, I've been working with Sally Eidman, and uh, she is a new singer-songwriter in that she hasn't been doing it for very long. In fact, her very first songs that she wrote, she brought to me with the melody and the words and was like, what can we do with this? And I was able to write the accompaniment for her. Nice. And that's been a co-writing collaboration in that as we've been working together, she's grown as a um, songwriter and a guitarist. So she's taking more and more of it on her own and um, she just writes fantastic songs. So... That's been an interesting learning experience because I've written accompaniments for her songs that I would never have written for my own music and thus have learned about writing songs through it. Awesome. Um, her melodies, her choices of words, her, her structure. It's, it's been really cool to be able to look at a written song and add to it and have to dissect it. And it's, 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 a cool, it's a cool way to collaborate and learn about songwriting. Do you work with any... Um other musicians, uh, you know, pretty regularly? No. Um, <laughs> Next question. No. Well, it's not that simple. I, <laughs> I have some musicians that I always call upon. Um, if I have a rock show, Lorenzo Wolf is the first bassist I call. Oh, of course. Um, of course. Uh, Ryan Vaughn is one of the best drummers in town. He definitely deserves to be called both a drummer and a percussionist because he just does everything well. Um, Mark Sanderlin is a rock piano player. He's just brilliant. And together they all work really, really well. It's it's wonderful to go into a room preparing for like a rock and roll show and say, here's a song, and play it, and then they turn to each other and decide how the song's supposed to go. <laughs> and and you just let them, because they mm-hmm. all know mm-hmm. their jobs better than you do, and yeah. your song sounds better than you could imagine because of it. Lorenzo Wolf, Ryan Vaughn, Mark Sanderlin, hire them all. Thank you. Thank you. Um... What's the difference for you between performing... Well, first of all, do you perform anyone else's songs other than yours? Do you do covers? Do you... I do covers. Um, so what's the difference for you between performing your stuff and someone else's stuff? The difference is really the, the distance and the time it takes to internalize someone else's songs. All the songs I've written come from me. Yeah. And I know them in and out, and I've sang them hundreds and hundreds of times in the shower, and walking along the street, and humming them in my head as I'm supposed to be doing other things. Um, doing a cover or someone else's music is the challenge is how do I internalize it like my own and make it my own, and in some cases they've become even more my own than my own songs. Hmm. I uh, once covered So Alive by Ryan Adams, 
And um, I'd always loved the song, and I had an opportunity to, to perform it. And I was so nervous about it because it was such a difficult song to sing, and it was so high, and I was just practicing and practicing and practicing and practicing. And when I got on stage, I was overwhelmed with emotion and, like, just moved by this song and knew what it meant. Maybe not what Ryan Adams meant, but knew what it meant. It meant to you. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was one of my favorite moments on stage ever. I love that. You're very, you, you are very committed to whatever work I've seen you do on stage, whether it's your stuff or selfishly my stuff. I'm, I just, I'm, which I'm hopefully like, there will be more of. Which we're hoping, yeah, yeah, no, of course there will be. I kidding? want to sing more. There will be, there will be plenty. Oh, good. Um, but yeah, I'm just, it's, it's really, it's, it's so rewarding to watch you work because, because. I know the work that you've put into it. It doesn't look like you're working, you know what I mean? But right. it's just, it's, it's just really inspiring. Hmm. To see. Thank you so much. Well, thank, thank you. That's encouraging. So, so that, so basically the answer is that it's harder for you to get inside these songs, it's, it but takes sometimes much, it's more it takes rewarding. It takes much longer. It takes a completely different focus. Um, for me to get into my own song, perform my own song, it's a matter of the writing of the song. And it's a matter of me being honest when the song's coming together. And I'm making decisions about what the song is. Right. That's the difficult part there. For the for the other, for a cover, it's a matter of seeing everything that already exists in the song. It's all been it's already written. It's there, it's whole. And you can't pick and choose. You have to take it all. But you have to make that fit into your own life and into your own experience and into your own heart and then perform it. And sometimes that means lying on stage. And sometimes that means getting upset about things that don't really exist. Sometimes that means having hope that you don't otherwise have. But um, it's a really cool experience. Do you have trouble letting go of your songs if someone wanted to sing them? I have a dream that people will someday want to sing my songs um, and that people will own records of my songs and will sing them walking down the street and then I will be upset and that will be a fine problem for me to have. <laughs> I will drink to that problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, if someone wanted to perform my music, I would be so honored and I have been honored you know, when I do my musical theater cabarets and I see people perform them, perform them well and then come up to me afterwards and say that was a thrill. That's really neat. Yeah. Do you approach theater songs differently than you approach your non-theater songs? Absolutely not. The only difference there is that you have to create it from someone else. Mm -hmm. um, but of course, the power of empathy is that someone else is going to be you, and that you are going to be the someone else while you write it. Um, I don't think a truly beautiful theater or cabaret piece has been written where the writer was separate from the character they were writing. I'm not sure that would be possible. Um, perhaps, but I don't, I don't understand how it would be. What are the, for you, what are the perks and pitfalls of writing songs that you know you're going to sing and they're not connected to a piece of theater? I think the perk is that you've just created your own treasure and that you have something that's beautiful that you can keep with yourself keep with you forever um I guess the the pitfall is that there's no immediate say market for the song 
Mm. Unless somebody wants to listen to it, they have no use for it. Hmm. Um, so, I guess from an immediate financial standpoint, there might be a pitfall, but to have a song that's so very connected to yourself that when people see you step on stage, they hope you perform it, or uh, a song that if someone hears a word immediately reminds them of you because of your lyric, I don't see how that's a bad thing. It's a great thing. It's a great thing. Five, six, seven, eight. Joshua, Lori, Ryan, Nikki, Stephanie, Janelle, Gerald, James, Maggie, Abby, Alexandra, Colleen, Kristen, Roy, Caroline, Andrea, Jessa, Melissa, Hannah, Joe, Paul, Karen, Blair, Shannon, Claire, Joe, Patricia, Naomi, Megan, my dad, Mark, Aaron, Ernie, Aubrey, Sheila, Michelle, Robert, Margaret, Joey, Amanda, Dev, Lindsay, Elena, Keith, Amanda, Jennifer, Sherry, Alexa, Macy, Marcus, Chris, Katie, Polly, Rick, Jacqueline, Michael, Laughing Cat. Season 3, Kate Steinberg, also known as Emily Prime. Just like spit a bunch of ideas, and I like working with those types of creative too. Yeah. Um, I don't like... But they're not like married to anything. They're, yeah, they're not as married to anything, and like that's where I feel like Berkeley was nice, because in my songwriting classes I couldn't be married to anything, or yeah, I would cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing babies before they were born. Yeah, you just gotta yeah. kill all of them. Kill all of them. Um, and, like, I mean... Pardon my expression, but, like, you just throw enough shit against the wall and, like, hopefully something... Something sticks. Something sticks. Yeah. Um, and, like, or maybe you could just, like, scrape some of the shit off the wall and, like, put some... This is gonna get yeah, real graphic. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like, maybe some of the <laughs> strung together makes a beautiful <laughs> necklace. <laughs> <laughs> or if you smear it around, all of a sudden you see a face. <laughs> Oh my god, wow. here we are. Something new. Something Donate new. money on PayPal. <laughs> <laughs> More expressions like that. It's a beautiful metaphor. I'm really glad it stuck around as long as it did. It's like, this is going somewhere. Keep talking about the shit, Kate. You got it, you got it. You're there. You're almost there. <laughs> necklace. That's where we're Necklace. That's beautiful. And so, so next week, there's going to be a song called <laughs> Necklace. <laughs> Lorenzo, my birthday's coming up. <laughs> that is disgusting. That's disgusting. I've, I've now... I've now, <laughs> now we're edited. Now we're officially censored. <laughs> so you write jingles and stuff. Yeah. Uh, yes. What you like and what you want. That doesn't always apply uh-huh, when uh-huh. you're working with clients. Um, and it's 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 difficult sometimes because they'll, they'll give you a description of something that they want. They'll give you the brief and the breakdown, yeah. just like in musical theater. Mm-hmm. And you write something, hopefully, to those specs, and hopefully it's, like, what they meant when you were reading that mm-hmm. um 
and sometimes it doesn't work out that way. And they say, oh, no, what I actually really liked in that was, like, how the kick drum pattern is doing that. You know, when they give you a reference, uh-huh, and you're uh-huh. like, that was all you liked from that? I like the kick drum. Yeah, like, <laughs> I worked so hard to write something kind of in this vein, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's okay. Then you kind of go back to square one, take keep your kick, kick keep, drum, keep and then it. move forward. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's definitely, it's, again, you can't be married to anything. And I think that's an important lesson to learn as a creative if you're working with other people. Even though sometimes it's frustrating when you're on a deadline and you have to keep, like, going back, tearing the pieces apart, revising, trying it again, trying it again. When you actually please the client and you did what they want, and they're like, good, this is what I was looking for, and you're like, I, I did it. That was really difficult, and that was a challenge, and, like... That should have taken a much longer time than the time I was allotted to do it, but yeah. I did it. Oh my god, now I need a beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I want to do it again. And then I want to do it again. Or just, like, take a week of breathing time and then do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> any advice for any of my listeners who are maybe performers looking to to see if they're good at songwriting? Uh, just try it and test it out on audiences and see what the reaction is. And I, I mean... The other, the I do a lot of cover gigs because that's yeah. where the money oh, is. Oh, that was a question I had. Uh oh, did I skip ahead? No, no, I think I just skipped it. Oh, I do cover gigs. I do cover gigs. <laughs> do you want to ask the question? Yes. Okay, go. Um, I wanted to talk about the art of covering songs. Oh yes. So, how faithful must you stay to the original? Like, I don't. You, you don't. I well, I do sometimes. If it's a song that someone. Uh, wants me to learn or if it's a song that like I feel like I should throw in my book mm-hmm. I'd like to do like creative spins on it just to keep it interesting for, for myself you. especially yeah. when I'm playing for bored. like five hours which happens oh, uh, it's, wow. it's a long time I've learned a lot about stamina doing cover gigs I'm... and that's an important lesson too yeah um, so sometimes I'll listen to the song a couple of times and I'll like figure it out and then I will stop listening to it just to see if I come up with anything that's kind of interesting that the song doesn't do and then mm-hmm. it'll just be my own like creative spin on it and if I'm really like actually I have no idea what goes on at this part of the song then I'll like dig in and oh, really yeah, listen yeah. and learn it <laughs> but I I don't know I, I do like a, a like a broken down ballad version of Sweet Child of Mine and mm. it's one of my favorite things that I perform and that's the reaction that I've gotten as well and I think it's cool to just like throw a totally different spin on a song and the reaction that I've gotten is those lyrics can totally work as like a quiet sad ballad um but instead it's like a big heavy Guns N' Roses rock song yeah (laughs) (laughs) and I think it's fun to kind of like throw a curveball and see what happens yeah um where are you playing that lets you uh play so play ballads Play ballads? Yeah. They don't love it when I play ballads. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying. <laughs> I throw one in every once in a while. <laughs> they, don't, they don't love that. Uh, but then someone knows that I do it and they ask me for it. And I'm like, oh, you're tipping me? Okay, I'll, do, right. it. I'll, do, this, I'll do this ballad. Yeah. Um, what was I saying about the cover gigs before? We got so excited. Yeah. Uh, I was asking for advice to people who wanted to be songwriters and like try and get in front of people. Oh, yes. I know what I was saying. Um... So the other night, I so I'm working on my EP right now. Yes, and I, uh, so I always have to do cover songs at that gig, and I snuck an original in there, <sighs> and I didn't tell anybody I was doing it. And often at these cover gigs, it's like at a restaurant or bar, and people, you know, they're there to eat, they're there to be entertained, they're there to enjoy their conversation with whoever they're with. Yeah, and they're not there to like clap and cheer for whoever's performing. 
which is a little discouraging sometimes, yeah. uh, especially when you like belt your face off and you feel really good about what you just did, mm-hmm. and then they just like pick the fork full of salad up to their mouth and just look at you and like, oh, oh. all right, four more hours of this. <laughs> <laughs> but the other night I was like an hour and a half into my gig, no claps, no anything, oh. and I played an original of mine that's going to be on my EP, and I didn't, like, say that I was doing it or anything, I just did it, Mm. and the whole restaurant erupted in applause and, like, cheering, and then people started coming up to me, and I, that made my night, that made my night, it really, it really did, and I was like, okay, I guess there's a reason to be making this EP and to be putting my music out into the world, hopefully shortly, Yeah, and... I I related to whoever was sitting there somehow enough that they were able to like drop their fork and show their gratitude for yeah. me performing that song, which was a really exciting thing since I haven't put out my original music yet. Yeah, and it it kind of made me feel like all right, as scary as this gets sometimes, and as frustrating as this of a process that this is, I gotta keep doing it. That's so exciting. So I think that's you. that's the advice to just do it and hopefully you're going to get the reaction that you want and if like <laughs> if it ends up being something that's not your bag you'll you'll figure it out but you got to keep trying because there's also a lot of terrible songs that come out before anything decent comes out amen <laughs> necklace <laughs> necklace ladies and gentlemen <laughs> necklace <laughs> <laughs> so you have this ep coming out i do that is so exciting i'm so scared it's your, it's your debut ep yeah it is yeah so so talk to me about why that uh, this project is so important to like it's taken so long it has taken that's, that's why it's yeah. important I guess um, how many songs is it? it's gonna be six that's six great. songs great and I'm still figuring out project name all that good stuff um, I've just been so focused on trying to figure out how it's all coming together uh-huh. musically yeah. that I just haven't thought of my <laughs> name or anything like that. Um, that stuff just like come, kind of comes at the last minute. I, I think it'll just. Yeah, I think it'll it, just come. Kate it. Steinberg isn't really the best like badass like female superstar name. <laughs> so I think we're gonna come up with something else. Um, gem. Gem. There it is. There not, not been used. Nope. Um, and Did you see the gem movie preview? I have not. It's terrible. Oh no! Really? Yeah, it broke my heart. Okay. Yeah. It's not going to be good. That's that's why I haven't seen the last five years movie because I was really scared because I, I love the show too. and yeah. the soundtrack and mm-hmm. I'm like I don't I hope I don't know. <laughs> I hear it's good. Maybe we'll watch it together. Then. Okay, that sounds good. I, I mean, it could yeah. be like a really pleasant surprise. I have not heard bad things. I'm just really no. scared because I'm do. so married to what's already happened. <laughs> All right, date night. Date night. Um, Your EP, Jim. my EP, Jim. Um, so I, I it's. I did, like, a small EP in college, um, but I didn't, like, put it out into the world or anything. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, I was very fortunate enough to have friends in the production and engineering major, and that allows, th- well, their final project for their final semester is to pick an artist and really try and, like, produce and engineer that artist's three-track EP. Okay. So I was chosen by uh, an engineer and an assistant to be able to go into the studio and have my three-track EP done. And I got to use the songs that I wrote for class or that I wrote just for me. And I got some, I mean, fake school studio time, but it was still, like, still. real studio time. And yeah. I wouldn't have had that as the songwriting major that I was because you don't really get access to the studios. Oh, um, that's strange. <laughs> a little bit. But it was very cool because I got to get my first, like, full studio experience through these people who chose me to do that EP. 
Um, but it was stuff that was just, like, shown for their class, and I showed it to my parents, and, like, not really... I didn't put it out into the world or anything. Gotcha, gotcha. And since then, I've just been writing for other people and collaborating and writing, uh, you know, jingles and commercials and scores and stuff like that, but I haven't... And musicals, but I haven't really done my own thing. And every time I perform at a concert, you know, when some a composer asks me to sing one of their songs or... You know, anything like that, everyone says, oh, man, like, can I hear your stuff? Where can I hear it? And I say, nowhere. I need to do that. (laughs) So that's what is kind of, like, lit the fire under my butt to show people, hey, this is is what I sound like. Yeah. Um, So it's been interesting developing after writing in so many styles based on what clients want from me Mm -hmm. and what other composers and writers want from me in terms of singing their demos, in terms of performing their songs, and now this is, okay, what, what does Kate sound like? What what does she want to talk about? What does yeah. she want to sing about? What does she want to sound like? Ugh. So that's that's what's happening right Those now. Those are great questions. They're great questions, and they're really hard to answer. I can't wait to hear the answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Remember... Carver's performance of Snowflakes will also be available to stream on SoundCloud and brand new this season on YouTube. Be sure to follow me on all things social media and you may find those links and so much more on joelbnew.com. Subscribe to, rate, review this podcast, and tell your friends all about it. Special thanks to Stephanie Layton, Peyton Royal, Joel Dickinson, The Bowery Poetry Club, David Allen Thornton, Kate Steinberg, Jennifer Sanchez, and Carver Duncan.
Theatrical Media.